Hello, good afternoon, Michael Lynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome again to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series. We talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today, we are going to explore a topic that you may not have heard of or thought a lot about, but has a major impact on your brand trust. And I am very honored to have as a guest on the show today, Kathleen Booth from clean.io. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm really excited to be here. So Kathleen, I, you know, I love speaking with someone like yourself who, who has a background as a digital marketing agency owner, um, because quite frankly, you've been smoking what we're all selling and, and you've done it. And so you're, you're, you know, you're speaking from experience, you know, you've had, uh, you know, you've gone through the ups and downs, you did it for more than a decade. Um, and, uh, and, and you've decided to make a pivot in the last few years, um, and gone into an area that I think is so important. So give us a little bit of a background. So we kind of know, uh, you know, uh, where have you been and, and how, we're, how we're moving forward? Sure, so I spent 11 years as the founder and owner of a digital marketing agency called Quintain Marketing. We were one of uh, HubSpot's earliest partners and we grew that to be one of their top partner agencies. Um, in 2017, I sold that business to Impact, which was at the time HubSpot's uh, top global partner. Spent two years there building a media company around the agency. So we started a massive national conference called Digital Sales and Marketing World. Uh, we built out a membership uh, platform for online marketing learning, uh, published a ton of content, podcasts, video, you name it. Uh, it was really fun. And I left there in 2019 to go in-house. So I'd, when I sold my agency, I always wanted to go in and work in early stage uh, tech startups and as the head of marketing, you know, I'm still an entrepreneur at heart, even though I don't have my own business. And so I'm now kind of what I would describe as a serial startup marketer. Um, <laughs> I go in to early stage B2B tech companies, generally when they're getting their series A round of funding. And I tend to come in as the first head of marketing. And I love that because I get to build the brand, build the strategy, build the tech stack. Uh, and and then hopefully watch watch the rocket ship take off. Very nice, very nice. I uh, you know obviously an expert in your field. Uh, today we're going to talk about as I sort of alluded to in the beginning of the show is now more than ever brands have to establish trust and with clickbait and fake news and just all of the different nefarious ways and, and dark figures that are on the internet today, um, brands need to be aware of how these, you know, um, tactics and, and underhanded, you know, um, characters are, are, are deploying things. And so your firm has really, or, or your company has come up with something that I think is is vitally important. I'm so glad you're going to have some time to dive deep into what does it mean when we talk about digital engagement security? 
So I love talking about this topic. Be warned. <laughs> I get really enthusiastic. Um, so, you know, when we think about the way business has always been done since the dawn of time, right? We are really all in the same business, no matter what we're selling, whether you're B2B, B2C, e-commerce, uh, consulting, we're selling tractors. I don't care what you're doing. At the end of the day, we're all selling trust. People don't want to buy from businesses that they don't trust. And it historically was a little easier to build trust because that meant making sure that your prospective customer had a great experience when they walked into your store or your office building or met you for a meeting, what have you. But now with everything really moving online and in the last year or more so than ever, I mean, there's been this dramatic acceleration, you know, across the board to this digital format. It's a different it's a different game and building trust is all around crafting really great digital engagements with your customers, your audience, uh, your, your prospective buyers, your users, whatever you want to call them. But the people that come to your website, you want to be able to control the engagements you have with them. And what's fascinating about this is that as marketers, we've always been taught that our website is an owned marketing asset, right? We think about all of our presence out there in the digital world and you have, you know, you've got your Facebook page and, and your LinkedIn company page, et cetera. And those are not owned assets. You're living on somebody else's turf. But we like to think of our website as our owned asset because in theory, we have complete control over it. And, and I don't know how many times I've read, you know, your, your, your website is the place where you can control the user experience. Well, that is actually true to a certain extent, but the way the modern internet functions by necessity means that when you build a website, you will have a ton of third party code operating on that website that you're not in control of. And that could be anything from a plugin that you put on your site to get it to work a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's code that you add, or it could be code that comes in from what's called the client side, which means the users visiting your site, they introduce code too. So, when we talk about digital engagement security, it's really about making marketers more aware that there is this world of third-party code that has a massive impact on your user experience and actually your revenue. And you need to understand it and be able to control it. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously as a, uh, a WordPress developer myself, you know, I've built 150 WordPress sites over the last 10 years and you know, once the site is up and ready, uh, you know, the client come back, comes back and says, hey, we're going to do retargeting or we're going to do programmatic or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, they provide us with the, you know, third party JavaScript code that we, you know, put into the, uh, you know, headers and it runs. So you've got, like you said, you know, you're, you're, or you're running the Facebook pixel or you're running the Pinterest uh, pin validation code. Like, you're right. There's, you know, at any given time, there could be three to six different third-party scripts running, you know, on top of the site. And what you're telling us is that there's some liability there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about this that, that is so interesting is that today, marketers hold generally a larger IT budgets than IT leaders do within the organization. Mm -hmm. So the way marketing has evolved, as you, I don't have to tell you or your listeners, it's very technologically driven. We have these large tech stacks, we invest a lot of money in them, and, and yet 
we generally receive no training on IT or certainly not on cybersecurity. Um, and so we're, we're, we've been thrust into this position where we have a big budget for technology, but we really don't have, we're not equipped with the knowledge to understand what the risks are. And the risks are pretty big because especially when we're talking about your website, you know, these days that is the front door of your business. That is your 24 seven salesperson. If it goes down or if something happens to it or the experience on it is bad, that can have a big ripple effect on your company. So, um, so yes, there are, there are different classes of third party, third party code. There is the code that you put on your site. Uh, and there's lots of, as you said, JavaScript, everything from your pixels to your Google analytics tracking code, to the plugins you use, um, there's so much of it. And, and hopefully you're vetting that, that code yourself and doing a good job of it. But there's some code that you voluntarily put on your site that you really can't vet. Um, and one example of that is uh, if you're taking ads on your website, a, a lot of companies, whether they're publishers or you maybe you have a blog that has a ton of readers and you might want to take ads. A lot of those ads are, are piped in through programmatic uh, ecosystems mm. that were so uh, ads automatically appear. You're not vetting them one by one. You're not talking to the party that's placing the ad and you have to trust that the programmatic platform you're working with is going to vet those ads to make sure there's nothing wrong with them. Um, and, and, and so that's an example of where you might let that code in, but still not have control over it. And then there's the whole category of code that you don't choose to let in, which comes from what kind of, the cybersecurity world calls the client side, meaning your user has code that they're introducing to their to your site. And typically that happens through browser extensions. And we're all familiar with them. I mean, I'm looking at my browser as I'm talking to you and I have like 50 extensions installed. <laughs> I go to the Chrome web store and I find, you know, whether it's whether it's Vidyard's Go Video or Awesome Screenshot or um, you know, the Moz. The mods, SEO, right? color picker. <laughs> I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on. And as marketers, I'm sure you all have tons of these too, right? And when we go to the web store and we put an extension in, there are risks inherent in those extensions. And what people don't know, and I did not know this myself until I got to clean.io, this was a big eye opener for me, is that the extensions you put in your browser, when you go visit a website, they have a very elevated level of permissions that allows them to execute script on the website you're visiting, which as a user doesn't sound bad because it's when, when they execute that script, it's doing something for you, right? It might be scraping the site to tell you what keywords it's optimized for, telling you the RGB or the hex code of a color on the site. You know, there's so many different things they do, but when you're the owner of the website and your website visitor is introducing unknown and untrusted code to your site through a browser extension, that's a major risk. And so those are the types of risks that we help marketers control. Nice. Yeah, I want to go back to something that you triggered a thought in my mind when you're talking about, you know, there's these the kind of from a marketing standpoint, there is sort of that outward marketing where, you know, I'm trying to place programmatic ads on, you know, the top 1000 sites on the internet to try to drive traffic into my site. So I'm trying to, um, you know, uh, increase revenue through that or the other example that you gave, which I liked, which was maybe you've got, you know, um, space on your site where you are running, 
you know, ad choice or whatever, and you're letting ads run on your site and you're getting revenue that way, right? So, but in both of those, you know, it made me think about uh, Dr. Fow when he came on was talking about programmatic and how there's this whole dark underworld of malicious sites out there that are gaming the programmatic space. And essentially what it's doing is creating this ad waste where, you know, you're putting ads on these websites that are totally fake with fake bots, with fake traffic, and you're paying for ads. And so, you know, while that's not really a security, it's definitely not advantageous for your company. You could be better served by not wasting that money on that and invest in security on your website, right? So anyway, it just made me think of that. Um, but well, as- and, and, you know, you mentioned that, and, and Dr. Fow, is, is, he's a brilliant man who, he sort of a pundit in the space that we operate in. And, and we really come at that same problem, but almost from the opposite angle, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, and he talks about this too, but you know, whereas he was talking on your podcast about the fraud inherent in that you're, that, that risks you as an advertiser, putting your money into ads that might run on a site that is portraying itself as having more traffic than it really does. Um, we protect from the opposite. So if you're taking ads on your site, um, there is actually a, a, a whole, um, I don't want to call it a movement, but there's a, a whole problem in the programmatic ecosystem that's called malvertising. And it's basically malicious advertisers. And, and these are some of the most sophisticated performance advertisers in the world. Um, they know how to use the programmatic ecosystem for their gain. And so what they do is they're placing ads through these exchanges that are out there. And the ad might look harmless, but they have so many tricks up their sleeves. We just did a webinar on this. It could be, it could be an ad where you click on it and then it redirects you to a place like you, it might be an ad that looks like you're going to go see a nice pair of slippers on a website and you hit it. And then all of a sudden a pop-up comes up and it's like sweepstakes enter now. And oh, by the way, you can't close that pop-up because they programmed it in a way that there's no way to get out of it. Or, you might click on that and it might take you to a page where it's a Bitcoin scam that's trying to rope you in, or it might have a virus in it. Um, and it's not just, it's not just deceptive ads. It's there, are, there are ways for them to program ads that have 100% opacity, meaning they're invisible. So you click on something that you don't think is an ad, like an article or another link. And in fact, you're clicking on an invisible malicious ad that's taking you somewhere else. So there's a lot of, a lot of ways that malvertisers, figure out how to sneak in and, and put these bad ads on websites. And what happens is it's a risk for the brand that owns the site because two things, if you're taking ads on your site, your your part of your business, your whole revenue model is to monetize effectively your users. And as a publisher, your users are, they are your business. They are the currency that you do business by. And if you provide a bad user experience because somebody keeps clicking on things on your site and getting pop-ups and redirects and all this really annoying garbage, they're not going to come back to your website or here's the other risk. They're going to turn on an ad blocker. And when they turn on their ad blocker, you can't monetize them. So it, it hits you on two levels. It hits you because your user experience is terrible, which frustrates your, your visitors and you could lose them. And it hits you at the revenue level because you're either you, you may lose your visitors and you also may have people come back using ad blockers, both of which 
hurt your bottom line. And so it's a huge problem. That's one of the things that we protect against. Um, and really what we're all about is, is helping you control that third-party code. And so bad advertising or, or malvertising is one type of malicious third-party code. Kathleen, my anxiety level right now is rising because I'm like, I'm thinking about, you know, the 150 sites that I fill and I'm worried about, you know, are they going to get, you know, hacked or, you know, they're going to all of a sudden, you know, see purple dancing pandas and then end up on a Bitcoin scam. Like, I mean, how do you help people not be taken advantage of? I mean, this is so serious and it's literally like, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. It's just awful, awful. Yeah, so there's, there's two ways. And um, one way is, of course, for, for large online publishers, you know, we have a script that can run on their sites. And what our technology does is it, it's like the, it runs in real time. It's a smart script that, that looks actually at the behavior that the ad is going to execute as it's about to execute, and if it looks suspicious, we prevent it from executing. So we don't block the ad because the publisher or the website still wants to monetize that ad unit. And if you block the ad, you can't monetize it. So we actually let the ad run, but we're able to see that action that it's going to execute right as it's about to take it. And if it looks at all shady, we stop the action. So that protects the user, but it still delivers the ad revenue to the website. So, so our script runs on page for a lot of publishers. But if you're a smaller website and you're, for example, you're not in a position to, to buy a tool like this, what I would do is I would reach out to the ad platform that's feeding ads into my site. And these are called supply side platforms uh, in the business. That, those are the exchanges that feed ads onto websites. And I would ask them if they have protection at their level because Companies like ours, and, and we have there's other companies out there that do similar things to what we do with you know slightly different twists. We do also protect supply side platforms, and so you know I, I would I would kind of run it upstream and, and hold my vendor accountable and say, are you investing in anti malvertising software? Like, how are you ensuring that the ads that you feed into my site are clean? Uh, you know, because that that's really the best assurance you have is working with a partner. And there are a lot of different supply side platforms out there. So if you if you currently have one that is not investing in anti-malvertising software, you can certainly switch to one that is. There are a lot of them to choose from. How in the world do you try to vet a platform? Are there any indicators that they're a little shady? I mean, do they do they sell low CPMs or like are there any any sort of flags that that might you might go hmm not sure about that i wish i could tell you that there were here's <laughs> what i would say here's what i would say um malvertisers are unbelievably sophisticated and every time you know somebody finds a way to block what they're doing they find another way to get in it's we always refer to it as like playing whack-a-mole right <laughs> uh, oh yeah so and, and you know, we have a lot of data on the back end of our platform to tell us where the problems are in the ecosystem. And the reality is that every single supply side platform has some element of this problem, some to a worse degree than other others. And that's why I say, ask them if they're investing in an anti-malvertising tool, because that's really the only way to be sure that you're getting the best level of protection. 
Um, you know, and, and so I would just honestly send a message into their, their customer support line or their helpline and say, what sort of anti-malvertising protection do you have in place? And if they say they don't have any, then I would pick another company. And I would ask what the name is of the solution because there's, there's four or five out there that are fairly well identifiable. identifiable. Kathleen, where, what is the threshold, do you think, of, you know, a website or a publisher that, you know, they need to have X amount of unique views or monthly traffic? Like, where's that threshold for uh, someone that would really um, benefit from a service like yours versus going to that platform? Is there kind of a threshold that you know, the economics kind of work out? Yeah, there's a certain a certain number of impressions. Um, there, there isn't really a hard line, though. I mean, I would say hundreds of thousands of impressions uh, are really, you know, kind of what we're looking at. But Daily you know, or monthly or? Monthly. And okay. it also has to do with, it also has to do with how much you have at stake. You know, like if you're, if you're monetizing a lot of, of ads, ad space on your site and ad revenue is a major part of your business. You may have lower impression because there are some sites that have lower impressions, but they're very niche. And so they still get a lot of ad dollars. And so I, I just think it's, it's more about what's at stake from a revenue standpoint at the end of the day than it is about all the other metrics. Well, I think another thing obviously is brand reputation, right? I mean, if, if somebody could, you know, prove or point to, you know, your website and say, I came to your website and before I came to your website, my computer was fine. But after I came to your website, I noticed that all this garbage popped up and, you know, and, and then, you know, they start hammering on Twitter. Oh my gosh, you know, don't go to, you know, xylophone.com because their, their site is full of junk and, malware and you know all that kind of stuff right so i mean it's again goes back to building brand trust through digital engagement security and and that's what we're talking about exactly right and we actually had that happen recently where somebody and we did an article on this on our blog a woman tweeted with a screenshot that she had been on the harvard crimson website and was and she loves that site and she wants to support it and she was the victim of malvertising and you know, what um, What was really sad about it was she said, they don't have anti-malvertising protection in place. And so I realized that when I go back, I'm going to have to turn on my ad blockers, which means that Harvard Crimson no longer will be able to monetize her presence on their site. And, and it, it made her sad because she's she wants to support journalism that she really likes and gets value out of. And that was one of the places she felt like she did. And she's sort of like, now I can't really support them in, in that same way because I don't want to expose myself to malvertising. And so. and the bad thing is, is, you know, that particular brand had, they did not have the intent to do that, right? Like, no, no, not at all. They were not they like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, we're going to try to yeah. steal people's identity or install crazy stuff on their computer. Like that was not their intent at all. They were victim also. But, you know, again, you, you, you can't claim ignorance if you are in a, you know, in a, in a space where you've got that kind of volume of readers and, you know, that level of, uh, you know, digital marketing and ad revenue generating, you have some responsibility there to, 
um, ensure that you have a safe and secure site. That's exactly right. Wow. Kathleen, uh, how can people find out more about you guys? I think you're going to let us in on a little secret that you have something free for us. Yes. So we have a free trial of Clean Ad. And then, you know, if you visit our website, clean.io, you can learn more about uh, advertising and, and the impact that has. And you can also learn about a new product we're releasing called Clean Cart, which is for e-commerce brands and deals with a different kind of third party code problem, which it has to do with coupon injection at checkout. So if you are if you are either with an e-commerce brand or you work with them and they have any issues with coupon extensions such as Honey or Capital One Shopping, injecting discount codes at checkout, check out, check out <laughs> Clean Card <laughs> on our website. We have a free trial of that as well. Um, but all of these are just different forms of third party code. And so we're, we are all about really helping brands protect their protect their brand, protect their user experience, and protect their revenue. Awesome. I love it. Well, this has been a pleasure to get into the digital weeds uh, with you on how do we protect and how do we have the right level of security uh, when it comes to digital engagement for traffic. So again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, uh, listeners and, and viewers of the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops the division of RV Oppenheim Associates. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Kathleen, thanks again. Thank you. Fun. <laughs>